Welcome to Sunspots, where we explore the many ways that the Holy Spirit is working in the people, places, ministries, and missions on the surface of the sun, that is, the Synod of the Sun. I'm Valerie Young, your Synod leader. My prayer is that you find inspiration, community, and connection in the sun. Greetings. I'm Christiane Chase. I'm a ruling elder from Enid, Oklahoma, Cimarron Presbytery. And Synod leader Valerie Young asked if I would like to record a poem for the Sunspots podcast for Christmas week. I was delighted, but my first thought was, how can I choose just one poem? You see, over the years, I've amassed a huge collection of Christmas poetry. So Valerie said, fine, you can do as many poems as you want. Then I got the bright idea of including some music because my good friend Brett Belenzik, another ruling elder from Enid, is a gifted musician and does his own arrangements of familiar carols. So thank you, Valerie, for the invitation and for the carte blanche to just let us do our thing. I don't know about you, but 2021 has been a difficult year for me. There's been a lot of loss, a lot of grief, a lot of pain, and I know I'm not alone in feeling that way. In fact, it's caused me to wonder, how in the world does a weary world rejoice? And so I turn to poetry, and when I do, I remember that our God is a God who is well acquainted with suffering. In fact, God chose to enter our world and experience the depths of human grief and pain because God loves us so much that an only son was not too much to give. So if you've experienced suffering in this past year, I hope that today's program will bring you a little bit of comfort and joy. The first poem I'd like to share with you is by my friend, Reverend Dr. Paul Hooker, who is Associate Dean at Austin Presbyterian Theological Seminary. It's called Silence Falls. Silence falls in moonlight on a manger bare in the gathering midnight ere the shepherds care. In darkness waiting, still in death's own fold, we anticipate the ancient story told. Silence falls in whispers, voices hushed in fear. Hearts will quake at this, the time is drawing near. Though kings may plate for him a crown of thorns, we anticipate the kingdom yet unborn. Silence falls in heartache. Silence pools in blood. Stillness in the earthquake, shelter in the flood. Time seems to wait. The whole world holds its breath. We anticipate the last approach of death. Silence falls in sorrow on the sylvan hill. Silence in the graveyard. All waits cold and still. 
Too long we pace the paths among the tombs. We anticipate a new way coming soon. Silence falls in wonder in the light of dawn. Heavens rent asunder. Darkness now is gone. Stone rolled away. The tomb yields up its prize. We anticipate with sunlight in our eyes.
This next one is by Godfrey Rust, a retired Church of England priest, poet, and musician. It's called Gabriel's Revelation. Shepherds, they say, were the fools of their day, the ones who were butts of the jokes, Fred Flintstone with sheep, Homer Simpson asleep, imperfectly ordinary folks. They're nobody famous, just some ignoramuses anyone might string along. Neither pious nor holy, they take things in slowly and often get much of it wrong. So they're out on the down, overlooking the town, feeling vaguely that life's passed them by, just minding their own with a sigh and a moan when an angel gate crashes their sky. Well, the herdsman took fright at this startling sight. Some rustic expletives were spoken, and the seraph looked round at the desolate ground and decided his GPS must be broken. He'd expected to come to a media scrum for a major announcement like this, to communicate to the good and the great the arrival of endless bliss. Celebs should be present, not a handful of peasants at night on a freezing moor. Such a strange target market for a herald to hark at. But he'd seen something like it before. He'd been sent to appear somewhere north of Judea to an unmarried teenage maid with a tale so alarming he oozed his most charming, My dear, you must not be afraid. He explained her behavior had put her in favor with the heavenly powers that be, and to tell her bridegroom she'd have to make room for a special delivery. To the angel's surprise, she looked straight in his eyes and said, Fine, but I don't see how, because Joseph and I haven't yet. He said, We don't need to go into that now. He covered his fluster with angelic bluster. Don't question the method. Believe. He has strategies still to accomplish his will, of which you could never conceive. He was struck by her youth and the staggering truth he had just so abruptly confided when the girl bowed her head and quietly said, Let it be as the Lord has decided. Now the nine months are through and the baby is due, and it's time to inform them of why. So here he is, talking to these faces, gawking wide-open-mouthed up to the sky. Gabriel thought back a bit, and it started to fit when considering what it all meant. God's resolute choices of renegade voices were more than an accident. He thought down the ages of prophets and sages whose hopes of success seemed like zero. Abraham, Nehemiah, Ruth, Jeremiah, each one— an improbable hero. He thought of the stories of unlikely glories, of Joseph sold off without pity, of Gideon the nerd, and Elisha, absurd, and a brass band that blew down a city. For that's how it is, this behavior of his. It's his modus operandi, to choose the obscure or the dull or the poor or, frankly, anyone handy. And at last it was plain to his angelic brain that the God he was messaging for would be nobody now, so that all, anyhow, would be somebody forevermore. Gabriel took out his scroll and he let it unroll and said, Okay, you guys on the hill, those who've told you the prizes reserved for the wise would appear to have sold you a bill. For a Savior is born this remarkable morn, and his name it is Christ the Lord. 
Then he added a bit that seemed awfully fit, but that Luke somehow didn't record. One day this child will see men reconciled in a world that's been turned upside down, where the best will be worst and the last will be first, and a beggar can carry a crown. You'll find him down there in a room cold and bare, and it looks like a pauper's birth. But what's born here is peace that will spread without cease till it reaches all people on earth. And the angels joined in in a heavenly din, Deo Gloria in excelsis, for the child that's now grown and the grace that's been shown is ours and everyone else's.
Here's a poem by one of my favorite contemporary poets, Steve Garnus Holmes. He is a retired United Methodist minister. And let me give you a little Christmas gift. Go to his website. It's called unfoldinglight.net and sign up for a free subscription, which will deliver to your inbox five days a week, Monday through Friday, one of his beautiful and incredibly moving lectionary-based poems. Steve has a way of delivering what I like to call spiritual dope slaps. I just mean by that that he has an amazing way of making you think about a familiar passage of Scripture in an entirely new light. This poem is called Rejoice Always. From Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Seriously? Even with all the crud in the world? Yes! In the rock-paper-scissors of life, joy cuts sorrow, crushes despair, and swallows crud. Grieve first, and joy comes with the morning. These are hard days, but joy is bigger than these days. Joy is not happiness with present circumstances, but harmony with the presence of God and the overflowing of God's delight in us. Joy includes the universe in all its beauty and sorrow. Joy dances with gratitude. Joy plays with hope, which is trust in the unseen. Joy sings with love, which is self-giving for another. Yes, people are suffering and others don't care, but some do. Rejoice! You can rejoice during a pandemic. You can give thanks at a funeral. You can be joyful in prison. You can lament suffering and injustice and rejoice. For joy is the healing of broken hearts, the breaking of chains, the opening of graves, the coming of God. Christ does not come to make us happy but to stand with us in our pain until joy like a seed rises. All is swallowed up in joy.
Well, thank you for joining us today. I'm reminded always of the late Anne Weems and her wonderful poetry. In fact, my favorite of hers begins with the line, In each heart lies a Bethlehem, an inn where we must ultimately answer whether there is room or not. I hope that your heart is full of room for the grace, peace, and love that is Christmas. In the Synod of the Sun, we believe when we work together across boundaries, we make visible the good news and find wholeness as the body of Christ. In our common calling, we impact lives together. So let's remember to connect with, equip, and empower one another in the name of Jesus Christ, today and every day.